Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh. The smile at you and kick your face off. I'm done with that. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bad tickle. Feeling good. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love Burger. I was like, yes. <laughs> like, this guy's awesome. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoid? Get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a riding but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Christian's a man! Oh! And I have passed the brain to see But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you I got know my wrestling. Ball, right? He don't know. He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling. Well, he know that wrestling ball. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? The heck? You are your heart. What a beast! No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniac is. You got the water, man. Give me a hell yeah! I said, give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 381 of The Dre Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Pots and Hands, Nick Bacone, Fox PHL, the gambler, and Philly influencer, and we have a special guest in the building, also a Fox PHL, the gambler, it's our boy, John Jansen. John, Hello. how are you? I'm good. I just watched a bunch of Japanese wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom 18. And like this is the time of year in January where you just start getting the itch for wrestling where it's just I know you guys all year round. But me, I got to worry about like football and all this stupid work stuff. And then this is the time of year where it all slows down a bit and wrestling comes to the forefront. And uh, I'm just I'm ready to rumble. I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to rumble. Oh, is it slowing down a little bit because the Eagles are bro? Not doing well? Is that part um, of the slowdown? Because it's the last it's the last week of the season, and then we're, you know, it condenses down to just the obviously playoffs a few teams. Yeah. So yeah. it's not as much work each week and all that stuff. So it's it's That's getting fair. to a, a lighter portion of the schedule. During the season's a whirlwind. It's That's nuts. Fair. That's but, fair. Uh, yeah. I've I've been through it from both sides. It certainly <laughs> is a whirlwind. Um but today's show uh will be not a deep dive. We're gonna just talk current events. We're gonna talk about Monday Night Raw, of course, with, you know, The Rock showed up and announced that he maybe possibly wants to sit at the head of the table, which has started a whole slew of speculation about what's next for him, Roman Reigns, and, of course, Cody Rhodes. We're going to talk all about that. We're also going to talk about uh, the show that happened earlier today slash last night, depending on where you are in the world, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 18 from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I didn't watch it live. I have seen clips on social media. But John Jansen, he did. So he's going to talk all about it uh, and clue us in as to what happened over in Tokyo early this morning slash late last night. And, John, you got to also grace us with a spoiler-free movie review of The Iron Claw. Yeah, this is my, my debut like movie critic podcast. We can do this like more often. Debut. Yeah, I'm a big... Should. I'm also a big movie person, so we we can make this a segment. We can make like a weekly segment talking just talking about wrestling movies or wrestling adjacent movies. Ooh, yeah. I've been pitching for multiple years for us to do deep dives on wrestling movies. We have, especially last year, we did uh, Santa with Muscles with Hulk Hogan. Go check it out in the archives. It was a great time. Uh, we've done Ready to Rumble. 
And we're trying to do Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-S, with Goldberg. Uh, I, mean, so I you know what that I like about this idea is that Nick will watch these and clip some of these and post it, put them online, so we can just have this all out there for our our viewing pleasure. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, this this could be the debut of a new segment here on episode three eighty one. Well, I, I think it is also getting ahead of the curve too, because I biopics have become a really big thing now. Obviously, you know a lot of music biopics. This is the first like big. It feels like wrestling biopic. And True. now we're probably just going to start seeing a bunch of these coming out because uh, obviously tragedy follows wrestling. It's funny. I saw um, like a, a movie website put out an article. It's like other pro wrestling tragedies like the Von Erich's. So it was like, oh, you're going like, how long is this going to be? Is this going right. to take three hours to read this thing? Like uh, there's there's plenty, you know, from the well to take from the world of wrestling. And I imagine they're going to do that and leave it to Hollywood to exploit every last bit, of oh, it. every bit of it. Oh, yeah. uh, but before we get into our program, I got to do my weekly check in with my main man, Pots and Pants. Nick, how are you doing on this brisk January evening, my good brother? Or should, I should I say cold January evening. It's just straight up. cold. Now. It's not, not brisk enough, though, but I am. How happy. cold do you want it? Bro? It was like 30 yeah, today. I want a cold. But I don't want snow, and it seems like we're just gonna miss out on the snowfall this weekend, which is very, oh. very good news. I don't want to shovel that crap. <laughs> I don't want to shovel that crap. So, but I like it cold, you know, especially this time of year. Crack the window, wear a hoodie inside. What do you mean, crack just, the window? Yeah, crack the window. Close your window. I no, I crack the window too. Crack I like it. to crack the window a little bit, especially because my window's like right above my bed. Just crack it open a little bit. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I'm worried about how long should I leave my heat on so I have to have a my for my gas bill isn't sky high. I haven't month, turned I, I, we don't turn I, lot. I haven't turned my heat on once. Yo, wowing. I'm actually I've, living above the boiler room, so I don't need the heat. I've had my it's heat on warm. at least for an hour or so per day, every day since I moved into this house. <laughs> right. And I know the gas bill gonna be sky high, but look, it's cold. Come on now. <laughs> Y'all cracking. Y'all not even worried about the heat. Y'all, y'all cracking windows. Y'all too yeah, hot. I'm literally yeah. cracking windows. <laughs> well, you see, what I'm you above. I'm above the boiler room, so it's already hot. I don't need to use my heat. So to okay. get a little, the little chill in the air that yeah, I like. Yeah, my this apartment time building. Year, like, crack the window. Yeah, the hallways got heat coming in from the my my apartment's yeah. got heat coming in from the hallway, so I'm good there. Just crack open a window a little bit. It actually gets so hot in here without even me turning on the heat that I have to open up the window sometimes. Like I won't do it overnight anymore. I used to do it overnight and, and sleep that way, but I'll do it like during the I'll do it during the day. Get a nice little chill in here and then close it at night and. Boom, in the morning. So what do y'all do in the up? summer? Y'all just boil to death? Like, what happens? Like, yeah, keep, keep the AC. Then I turn on the AC. Yeah. AC. <laughs> y'all electric bill going to be sky high. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got to worry about that, though. All right, well, that's fair. Right <laughs> you now, don't pay the electric right bill. Now. You're not worried yeah, about it. <laughs> right now. Well, I mean, yeah, we do. We do, but the, the air, the AC unit on the window doesn't affect the utility bill as much as you might think, at least where I am. Mm. So it's okay. not like. It's not like hundreds of dollars, you know. I feel you. I feel you. Look, I ain't cracking no windows around here unless I'm trying to get rid of a smell or something. <laughs> That's the only reason <laughs> I'm cracking a window. Right you, that now. is not why I'm cracking the windows. Just okay. To just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Sometimes saying it is That's... though, because my cat does vomit a lot now. She got chronic kidney disease, so she vomits oh, no. more often now. So I, I do have to get that smell out at, at some point. So it's oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be a bad. It's story. a nice time of, time of year for her to at least get that out. You get the chill in here, and it actually wipes away the smell quicker 
when it's I, colder. Look, I understand you have to open the windows to for a means to an end, but it's not a nice time of the year to do it. I wouldn't say it's that. I don't agree with that at all. It's oh, nature's it the summer, AC, I mean, we wouldn't be able to. Perfect. Like nature's if it was the AC. summer, it would settle. And you don't want it to settle. You don't want that smell to settle. The coldness, it makes it move faster out of here. I mean, that's all right. It's cold, y'all. <laughs> it's real cold. All, we've been discussing this for about five minutes. So Yeah, it's real cold. That's, that's what I know. That's what I do know. Uh, but let's get into some current day nonsense. That's what this whole podcast is going to be about. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys watch Raw. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you watch Raw. But just in case you didn't, uh, in case you didn't hear, uh, The Rock showed up and did a, honestly... Not a good segment on Raw. I'm just going to put it out there. Ooh, the Jinder ooh. Mahal stuff was... So we're getting xenophobic again. All right. And then The Rock comes out. He's def- the defender of America. I thought he was legit going to announce his candidacy for president. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm dead, at, I'm dead up. Like, I, why, I, I, I think why we're else would that be brought up. Why else would that be brought up if he right. wasn't going to? And his name has been tossed out there for the last couple years about, well, would, would he run? Would he run? And which is wild to think about, but it's We're a possibility. We're a few bad movies away from that happening. We just yeah, we might go be. through this little indie run he's about to go on, let those movies fail, and then boom, and, presidency. And if this UFL sink and he take a bath on that too, we, I don't know, man. Like, who knows? I'm not rooting against him. But so, yeah, that and then the promo itself, the, like the jokes he's getting off, he's done before. And you're not going to hear it from a bigger rock fan than me, but. We're gonna have to do better if it comes to him and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman too on the microphone at some point. If it comes to that. Uh so yeah, didn't love the segment, didn't love the promo, but obviously nobody really cares about that as much as they care about what he said at the end after he beat up Jinder Mahal. San Diego. I love you. Happy New Year. No, by the way, one more thing. Tonight, after all this ass kicking, The Rock is going to go out in San Diego. I'm a little hungry. And guest. I'm going to go get something to eat. He is a little tired, a little winded. When The Rock goes out to get something to eat tonight in San Diego, should the rock sit in a booth or should the rock sit at the bar i didn't know where he was going with this i'll be honest yeah the rock loves a bar too or should the rock sit at the head of the table oh That pop though, man. I, I mean, rightfully so. Kind of lame. Because everybody lame. knew. Yes. And he sounds horrible as he's delivering that. I mean, absolutely horrible. Look. The Rock. Got to let your voice. Should I sit at the bar? Oh, my God. I he love you too, San Diego. And that's what I thought. Yes, a man. What the rock is cooking? All right. 
Man. So there you have it. The Rock. Not officially challenging. Nothing is officially announced, but... Seeds have been planted. Seeds have been planted, and when you have someone, the statue of The Rock, who's also the people's champion, planting seeds, they damn well better grow in the trees. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, okay? You don't just plant these seeds and don't come through. So at some point, you would imagine it's a match, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't imagine it's a special guest, a special guest referee spot, or special enforcer spot. I imagine it's a match for the fight for the right to sit at the head of the table, right? It's what we've been dreaming about for multiple years. It's an obvious. One. Are we still dreaming about that? I don't know if we still are. I think couple years ago yes but i think I, WWE is such, I think they've done such a good job that they don't necessarily need it but you're not going to turn it down obviously neither but my question to you nick and I'll, I'll let you start off if this match happens i'm gonna answer multiple questions here if it happens when does it happen and right. does the title is a title on the line and that's it yeah is, if when it, when does it happen and is are the title is the title on the line? Yeah, I mean it's gotta would you plant that seed and then not do it for another year and a few months and wait till 41? I don't no. think so. So and I don't think it happens at Elimination Chamber. I don't know mm. uh how why that rumor got started. Elimination Chamber airs what three a.m. three a.m. our time? Like I, I just don't think it's gonna happen. Like by the time the main event happens, it's not even 6 a.m. yet, you know? So I just don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's a ridiculous notion. I'm just saying I, much like I didn't see CM Punk coming back at WWE, I don't see Rock and Roman happening at Elimination Chamber. So, yeah, WrestleMania makes the most sense. And, I mean, if Roman still has the title, then, yeah, you, you make it for the title. But this is one of those things you said before, Battle for the head of the table. That is a match that maybe the one of the only matches in wrestling history that could theoretically be a bigger match than a world title match. So Cody beats Roman, you know, and you have Roman and Rock with no title. I think that is probably the smarter way to go because um, Cody des desperately, well, if he wins the title, it's, he's got to be Roman, right? But everyone's just kind of like, I don't know if anyone buys into that the way they did last year. I still think it could happen. I still think, you know, Cody's as hot as ever. We talked about it last week, but uh, I just, it doesn't need the title. And I'm almost annoyed that Roman's still the champ. And I'm almost annoyed that going in, like, are you really going to have the rock be Roman for the title? No, it's more open-ended if the title's not there. And I think that's a better for, better for the story so um but yeah i think you know wrestlemania 40 makes the most sense you're doing it in philly there's a lot of backstory um does roman lose the title before that uh not sure that's the only thing i'm not positive i don't i'm not positive roman's the champion heading into that. i have zero doubts that he's a champion heading into wrestlemania but you got to explain that backstory in that nine years ago when roman reigns won the Royal rumble in philly who helped him the Rock, 
and the rock gave him he lifted his arm up and gave him the the the, the old here he is y'all your hero and they was like boo we we were there we were like <laughs> right you'd have thought you know jonathan gannon came out in, in the stadium or something like that they was, boo right so yeah, that's it's a, it'd be a different time now because I feel like the Roman Reigns would get just as many cheers as the Rock would, maybe more in some in certain respects. But uh, John, I'll flip it to you. When does this match happen, and is the title on the line? So what? Where I would want this to happen? Do it at like a freaking crown jewel for all I care. I really don't. I don't. Don't as long as it's not at Mania. And the only reason I I say that because a match like this, like Roman and and the rock i know it's gonna sell i know all that but this is your biggest show in the company and you already are selling they're pretty much sold out right if i'm not mistaken it's close man i mean them tickets is oh, also those, another those thing tickets, that's sky high is those yes, wrestlemania tickets those tickets flew and i'm i'm selling this to somebody from my heart and like obviously wwe has given us all you know there's all these press releases it flew these t- these tickets flew i even talked to somebody that uh was was doing like pr and they're like yeah these these tickets are like in demand they're selling really fast so I just, man, your product's great. It's, you know, you have great wrestlers who can compete with Roman for the title. And also as a fan, give me a good match. The Rock can't go. Like The Rock's not going to put on a 30-minute match that we're all going to love and it's going to be a banger of a match. The Rock is going to go there, entertain. It'll be fun. But I don't need that to be my WrestleMania main event. I really, I, I just don't, I don't need that to be for the title because Nick's right. Rock's not winning the title. Rock's not doing it. I'd rather it be for specifically family and the head of the table. And I feel like that part of the storyline gets wrapped up. You don't need the titles to be part of that. That's not what makes the Roman the head of the table, the 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 belts. Um, it's it's family and his place in that family. So I just I don't I don't I don't want it at Mania. I don't know where it happens. Uh, to me, do it at a Saudi show. They're they're at a crown jewel. They're they're gonna pay a billions, billions, and billions of dollars for it. Go do it. Rock gets a huge payday. Roman gets a huge payday. Everybody's happy. I'm happy. It stays off me. That's all. If I, I want. do it. Saudi Arabia is their new home, apparently. So, That's a perfect place for the Rock to get blown up for him to tear his peck and have a bad match, but everybody oh. loves it because it's on a show that I won't care about. Man. Just give it to the Saudis. Okay. I, yeah. But I, I don't know. I that that is me coming from a and I could be completely wrong in there, this, John. But so, but this this is me coming from a, I don't there is there was a time they needed the rock. There was a time they right. needed Stone Cold. That time is not now. That time's not now. You know, they they've got some really good talent we, who we is becoming in their own right. No stars. Huge, huge and now it's stars. like they have too many stars almost. No, right? <laughs> we don't need these guys. Like, wait a second. Who, who would have thought that five years ago? Crazy. I, I wouldn't have the the amount of stars that they had. No. Pre-pandemic WWE, even in a little bit out of the post-pandemic. Yeah. Oh, it was a tough watch, bro. There was nobody to root for. Remember when we remember 2019 when we was like, we gotta have Kofi Mania because we got yeah. nothing else. Well, yeah, there was a time we were talking about whether ever be like a legit baby face ever again. That's what we right. were like. Can, can right. Kofi it got so bad. Whether baby faces should exist. Yeah. Oh, the, the time of baby faces—they're done. Yes. Baby faces and heels. Who cares? Now there's so many legit, just great baby faces. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is a classic baby face. It's great. Yeah, I I'm I'm more of an agreement with you, John, in that I don't need this match at WrestleMania. I I always look at WrestleMania, and I've said this before as the time where happy endings happen like you can book heat all year 
for WrestleMania, you got to give the fans a bone. You got to, you know, it's got to be a cathartic feeling. We're like, wow, finally, they overcame, they triumphed, and WrestleMania is a place that it happened. Obviously, when you got a heel champion like Roman Reigns, it did not happen last year, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you were trying to build this story of his and finish it properly, and now here we are a year later, and people are still like, we want Cody, then okay, I'm cool with that. But I think people want that moment at WrestleMania. And it would be, I think, a cathartic moment for people who have been on that journey with Cody, not just since last year, but since 2022 when he first came back and then he gets hurt and he's gone for a while and then he comes back and wins a Royal Rumble and goes to the main event. But we talked about this, I think, last week where we said that he's probably in a better position now than what he was a year ago this time because people have had a full year to invest in him as the baby face. He still kept it up, too. And right, and he hasn't he hasn't been look, made to look like a sucker. He hasn't lost this foolishly, and he got put over by Brock Lesnar, and he's in a pretty good feud right now with Shinsuke Nakamura. He hasn't done anything that's like boring, that's like I don't care what Cody's doing. You always care what he's doing, and that's a testament to WWE's booking and, of course, to Cody's talent. Yeah, huge reaction still, huge reaction every week, right? Every week, and there's and you can't say that it's not doing business because the business is through the roof, and he's the guy that's there every single week. Unlike Roman, I'm not saying Roman isn't responsible for WWE's business because he is 100% at the forefront of that. He's in the center. He's the centerpiece. But Cody's right next to him. Or he's like one step behind him. It's not, he's not far. Because And it also, he, again, he is there week in and week out without a title. They're selling tickets because of him and, and others, but definitely because of Cody. So to kind of flush that, I think would, I think would alienate your fans and put The Rock but mainly the rock in a bad position. I think it would. You know what actually for me would make a lot of sense? You you do Cody and Roman at WrestleMania. Because to me, you can have that match. It's the better match. It'll be a great moment if Cody wins. And I think Cody would win because what would happen next? The biggest part of the Rock and Roman's feud is gonna be the moment the Rock says or or Roman Reigns go out face to face. And they say, like, we're going to have a match. You know, that that moment when, like, the, the Rock officially says, I want a shot at the head of the table, something along those lines, that's the biggest moment of the entire feud. Not everything <laughs> that happens after that, not the match. We know the match is not going to be anything spectacular. It's going to be fun, whatever. I'm but, hard. Whoa. <laughs> but we, like, oh. even the Rock just mentioning the head of the table got people going nuts. The biggest moment of that entire feud is going to be the initial one where the Rock says, I want a shot at the head of the table. And that should happen at the end of WrestleMania. That's your WrestleMania send-off moment. That's the Rock calling a shot. And then you build off of that. And you try and do what you can, do the best that you can. But to me, that's the bigger moment. So have that at least at Mania. If you want to have a Mania moment with those two, that's the moment to me. Here's here's how I would play it. And and look, it doesn't have to be at WrestleMania. I agree with you. But it has to be on a big show. And for sure. And we're not talking. I'm talking. Not talking the Saudi show. I know you want to give it to the Saudis, Crown Jewel, something like that. Or was it Superstar Spectacle? SummerSlam. This would make SummerSlam bigger. I would think Elimination Chamber is first to me. Yeah. Now here's the thing. You can have The Rock going to Elimination Chamber. I know Nick, you're like, that's in three in the morning. Who's gonna watch it? People will watch the show if The Rock is on it. Okay. People watch Wrestle Kingdom. John was just up three in the morning watching Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, man, that is not a mainstream show. 
doesn't matter. It will be if it's a, here's the thing. What makes it a mainstream show is that it's in the stadium. It's in the stadium in Perth, Australia. That's what makes it a bigger show. Here's the thing about what I think WWE is doing. I'm not privy to any you know insider information, but it seems like they're spreading the wealth. They have yeah. more stadium shows than ever. Elimination Chamber is a stadium show. What the hell? <laughs> You've been like, why? Ten years ago, five years ago, what? Now it's a stadium show. They're spreading that wealth. They also have SummerSlam as a stadium show. That's in Cleveland this year. You can blow the roof off of that with The Rock. You also got, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. Maybe you do something with that. I don't know. But you also got the Bash in Berlin, which I believe is that in the stadium or is that in an arena? I gotta double check that. I think that's an arena. Uh, but then you got the, they got the show in Paris. Like they're doing these major shows in other countries. They're giving these shows major matches too. So if I'm Nick Khan, who has already shown that he's trying to double up wherever he can, he's not trying to just put all the eggs into the WrestleMania basket. That could be old school wrestling thinking. Let's save it all for the big show. Let's save it all for one show. And then we'll go from there. Or you can have a big match here. You can have a big match there. You can have a big match there. And now all of a sudden, you got four big matches. They don't just have one big stadium show. They have multiple stadium shows. That's like having four Super Bowls in a season. That don't happen. You have one Super Bowl. But they have like five now. Royal Rumble's a stadium show. Elimination Chamber. Yep. WrestleMania. And those will be harder to sell tickets to than Mania. Mania is the easiest one to sell. And sell exactly. In SummerSlam, you want to fill these stadiums. And of course, Royal Rumble, that helps, you know, Royal Rumble matches there. But I want to put people in the seats at the Elimination Chamber. I want to put people in the seats at SummerSlam. So WrestleMania is sold out. We just talked about it. Seats went flying. And that secondary market is going to be a massacre when people paying exorbitant prices or getting deals, whatever the case may be. I'm sure there's going to be people falling victim to scams. Be careful out there, y'all, when you're trying to get tickets off the secondary market for WrestleMania. So, yeah, we don't have it. We don't have to have it at WrestleMania. It makes most sense because I think wrestling logic, especially the stuff we grew up with, says, of course you do it at WrestleMania. But it doesn't have to. This is a new world, baby. It's a new world. They can change it up a little bit. So, yeah, I can see it 100% being Elimination Chamber or SummerSlam. Yeah, and of course, a lot of this, just for as much as we can like speculate where, where it goes, it'll probably just be, hey, Rock, when's your schedule open? <laughs> and that, that that's too. what it is. He's acting he again. Is, like, he's, he's acting again, right? The the uh, writer strike and the actor strike is all, all done. So he's going to be acting again. He is doing this A24 movie. I don't know when they're going to film. He's uh, also so launching a football league. Yes, he he's he's busy, so it's going to come down to the schedule. But I think what also makes sense for the Elimination Chamber one is like he is, he's not an American, The Rock is not an American superstar. The Rock is a global, Fast and Furious movies are way bigger overseas than they are in America. They this That is a huge global phenomenon, and he is part of that. He is, to me, a global superstar. He's not an American superstar, he is a global one. And I think that would make sense to have him in Australia if you want to sell tickets somewhere you know, outside of the U.S. I think that is an awesome place to use The Rock because that's that's where I think he also, you know, that's where he has some uh, some really good shine too. Like that's that's something that you can use The Rock for that would be valuable. Um, I just think my, my, my main priority out of all of this, regardless of what happens, is that Cody does not lose steam because of it because they've spent too much time and invested too much time and money into making Cody their number one babyface, pretty much. And to, you know, to, to kind of 
they may not be the perfect be, I think it would be a disservice to, to everybody. I think it would be a disservice to Cody. It would be a disservice to WWE. It would be a disservice to fans. It would be a disservice to the locker room to just get suddenly pushed aside for The Rock again. And, and now all of a sudden people are saying, oh, of course Cody's not going to be the face of WWE. Just like, why? Why not? Why can't he? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Why can't he be like, again, we talked about five years ago, we were begging for stars. Cody was is bigger, arguably bigger today, argue, arguably bigger at AEW than any other WWE superstar was in 2019. You know, save Becky Lynch uh, and maybe Kofi. I would agree with that. That, that initial scene. come up with AEW like, and yeah, that was huge. Dude, like, of course Cody could be a face of WWE. I, I don't understand where this is coming from. It's just, I think it's based off people, uh, I think it's bad faith arguments out there. Uh, based on people being mad that Cody lost last year, and you just have people like like to get in the mud a little bit out there. There, say, there's yeah, a part of the WWE Cody. portion because <laughs> you know, like, I see it on. I, I follow a lot of the Twitter accounts because of when I worked at WrestleZone and all that. And there's a lot of bad faith arguments because he was in AEW. It's like the AEW guy coming in. There really is like it's it's such a it's such an odd dumb thing. Like I watch all of it and I go, why do I have to hate AEW or WWE or New Japan or indie wrestling? Like I love all of it. Can I just love all of it? But there's this there's this like animosity of Cody was the AEW guy and now he's coming in and like not stealing a spot, but you know AEW is never that big. So if Co- you know Cody's not that big, you know Cody Co- Cody's not as big as The Rock. When like Cody is legit the biggest baby like, face you've had in such a long time. Yeah, <laughs> like, he is the perfect one to take it over the Rock. And even you, Roman's not, not as rock. big as The Rock. Like well, we can't right. be comparing people to The if Rock. If you have, right. there's you took so long to get Cody up there. If Cody's not the one to take it off of Roman, who's to say you Who ever is? have the right person to do it? Who's the? And ever it shouldn't be The Rock. It's rock. It's it should not be Rock. Be. It shouldn't be Rock or Brock Cody or anything Barry. that rhymes. Rock, Brock, Drew Lock, none of them. <laughs> The lock mess monster. Right. <laughs> TikTok around the clock. No, none of that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I I feel like it, it should be Cody, but again, we're we're fantasy booking. We're booking out in advance. We're I'm not speculating, even, but I'm not uh, I don't think it's impossible. They and I think it would kind of be crappy, but if they did Cody and Roman night one, rock and Roman night two, and they just I don't Explode, know, man. explode themselves in, in one weekend. You, you kind of overshadow yeah. Cody when you do that, in my opinion. Well, also, I think Vaughn's right. You got to spread the wealth a little yeah. bit here. And I, 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 yeah, I now spread that wealth. But I, I just, I hope they don't do that. But because also, you got to have CM Punk in the main event, bro. Yeah, CM Punk might fight people backstage if he's not in the main event. He's got a finish show. story too, right? Like Ooh, CM Punk will punch somebody in the face. Is that like a night two or a night one, like kind of main event? Because uh, what are we building up with CM Punk? Because I haven't watched uh, it's, WWE in a while. It's CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. That to me can sell a bunch. Of so things. that's CM night one. Yeah. That's yeah. night one WrestleMania. And like I said, if CM Punk will get one of them nights, he might or have another brawl. Chamber, maybe. maybe that's Elimination Chamber. No, 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 no. CM Punk had come back for Elimination Chamber. He came back from WrestleMania. All right. <laughs> that's Let's so true, though. That is that's so true. <laughs> it's not. And I guess you could say the same thing about The Rock, but no, The Rock, he's say, he's been just... at WrestleMania. He's been in the main events. The Rock, no, CM Punk has not. He's come back to main event WrestleMania at least one of them nights to say he did it. Saturday night is a good night to do it. Uh, and again, if you don't, I don't know something. Watch out. Okay. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, Roman's night two is just a matter of to me of who he faces. I think the fans 
are really the ones you've been watching week after week. They're really that they're really feeling Cody, man. And I understand like the Rock is mainstream and he can draw different, you know, more eyeballs, and that's true. But are they in? You still gotta help honor the fans who've been with you this whole time. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's just my opinion. I know biz, I'm not a business person, and the business person probably like, who cares, bro? Just make the money. <laughs> like, but I don't know. I feel like I I don't think they're completely just gonna shove Cody to the side too. I don't feel like WWE. If, it, if this is Vince McMahon's WWE, I think yeah, it's definitely gonna happen. It, Cody's gonna be fighting Sheamus on really, the pre-show. The memes are funny. Uh, the memes are hilarious. But yeah, in real life, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't. Th- I just don't see it. Right, like I said, remember when Daniel Bryan was supposed to face Sheamus at WrestleMania 30 instead of being in the main event where he should have been. He's going to face Sheamus in like the opener, and people were like, "What?" So I have a little. Do you more run the faith. risk of something like that? I guess the Rock's so big. Do you run the risk if you don't put Cody in a main event that it would kind of turn on them? A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. The same way Dave Bautista got booed when he came that's back right. in 2014. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. And people aren't above booing the Rock. Especially People will boo the Rock. He's been a heel before, obviously, but like they're not above booing him today. So yeah, you, I don't think the Rock wants to be in that position. I would be. I, I think the Rock would understand. Like, yo, they're gonna boo, especially in Philly. <laughs> Ooh, and I wouldn't. I, I. It seems weird to for the Philly decide with the Cody Rose over the Rock, but that's what would happen, bro. <laughs> they already booed the other guy. Ten years ago, Roman Reigns. They'll boo his. They'll boo his cousin too. I was gonna say they might cheer Roman like louder than they boo The Rock. A hundred percent, they would cheer Roman. Because I mean, obviously, Philly's a, a hostile crowd, very well known. But it's more just those big pay per views is where you get that kind of crowd that yeah. will have no problem booing The Rock if if it, if there is something that is upsetting them. Then what's no the problem. biggest pay per view of them all? <laughs> WrestleMania. So it, it could happen. So yeah, I. I I think if you be setting a lot of people up for failure, if you go through with this in a way that seems like and perceives that Cody's being shoved to the side and sometimes perception is reality. Uh, maybe if you, I, I don't know, do you turn into a triple threat? That'd be wild if they did something like that. I don't know if people would even be well, feeling that. The only way you do that is if you don't believe The Rock, you can find a way for a one-on-one match with The Rock. Like you can, you can't find a way to get. I would it. assume so. And if you put The oh, Rock yeah. in there with Cody, you also run the risk of The Rock getting booed. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, that. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So there's that. There's 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 still more to come regarding that. Roman Reigns will be on SmackDown Friday. Uh, we're really? recording this on Thursday, but I believe he's yeah, in the News Revolution edition of SmackDown. Uh, on January fifth. So. Keep an eye out for that. Something I'm sure something's gonna go down there. The laughing emoji, which really made me. Yeah, I literally Great. cracked up at that. I was like, dude, like of any, of any response Roman could have before he shows up on TV, yes. that was the best one he could have done. <laughs> also, Roman Reigns is exceptionally good on the microphone now. Yeah, he oh, would yeah, probably. Yeah. He does like he. You could tell he's like having fun because he's he's not like monotone like. Oh, I need to get this point across. He'll play to the crowd a little bit. He'll have these facial reactions that you never saw like 10 years ago. So, yeah, he 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 can do his thing on the mic. And that's going to if The Rock is coming with the same old stuff, it might be trouble. And then, of course, you got the ace in the hole and the wise man, Paul Heyman. How about that? That could be ugly. That could get ugly. <laughs> OK, so 
yeah, I don't, I, we'll see. But it's obviously created a lot of conversation. It's made the road to WrestleMania even more interesting and intriguing than what it already was. We were already here for it. Like, if it was just Cody and Roman and CM Punk and Seth, and, you know, we're cool with that. We were ready for that ride. Now we got The Rock thrown in there. I was like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> By not doing Rock versus Roman last year, they made this year. Not, yes. And I'm not just saying it because it's in Philly. So much more unpredictable and exciting. No, a hundred percent. They did. It, I, I think that would have been the perfect place to do it, and you can have Roman Reigns win, obviously, and then we move on, and you can build Cody and the, this, that, and the third. But Pro Wrestling One Hundred One. But now it's like Pro Wrestling One Hundred One Point One. Right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. How, how do you finesse this? Again, at the end of the day, though, and we'll wrap it up with this. WWE is in such a win-win situation because, like, behind door number one, yeah, you might run the risk of the rock getting booed but you still have the biggest star in hollywood on your show in the main event like whoa poor us right and behind door number two is the best baby face you've had in a decade so either way you win either way you go you win and you're probably going to break some records along the way yeah so we're moving on though there was a show this morning that john jansen stayed up all night to watch yes i did New Japan Pro Wrestling's their version of WrestleMania. It's called Wrestle Kingdom, not WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I've seen some clips online, but I, we, we neither one of us were up that late or up that early enough <laughs> to watch the show. But John, you were because it's that time of the year. You you piped up for wrestling right now. Well, that's that's not the right terminology I should have used, <laughs> but you're excited, sir. Piped up for wrestling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I said piped up, but I was saying like pipe it up like the Migos. Yeah, right. It didn't work. You're excited, sir, for pro wrestling right now. So please grace us with your thoughts and your yeah. observations from so I, Wrestle Kingdom 18. Heavy. Oh my god, <laughs> that's really well done. Uh, I think the first the first thing for me is like it has been Watch a few out, years. We're coming hard. Oh, that's the one. That is the absolute one. You had to build um, up to it. But this is this to me. I haven't watched it in a few years, and right now Tanahashi, the ace, is the president, and it's kind of made it very clear. You know, they want to get back to where they were, you know, before the pandemic, and that's when I was watching the most. I was watching the most probably for two years, from about 2017 to 2019, uh, and I watched all those Wrestle Kingdoms. I was so into it. I watched all the G1s, the G1 climaxes, which is like their tournament. And so they were trying to get that fan back. And I am that lapsed fan that they were trying to get. Now they did, they did put this to one, one day. This had gone to two days for a little bit. They scaled it back to one day, which You're I right. I remember that. Them. Yeah. Cause the best thing about wrestle kingdom is I think it is the most quality show that you can have in all of wrestling. Like every single match is top notch, top quality superstars everywhere. And this was the, the great example of that. And I think we got to see a little bit of the roster now for with AEW kind of injected into it a little bit. Like John Moxley, uh, John Moxley was there. Uh, Brian Danielson was there. So you got to inject the AEW stuff. But they also do have uh, some really good guys that they built out. Tamatunga, he won the Never Openweight Championship. They had an awesome match against Shingo uh, Takagi. And Shingo Takagi was the one who was um, really going against uh, Okada a lot when he had the title. So it's just that, that now, and that was like, what, the third match on the card? So I feel like you're starting to get that depth, I guess, on the New Japan roster that you can fill an entire card in one day. You can get all those quality matches. But still, 
their their ace in the hole is always going to be, at least for now, is you put Okada in a match that people want to see, Okada will deliver every single time. And Okada and Brian Danielson delivered an absolute banger of a match. This isn't a high-flying, you know, spot kind of match. This was an old school. They beat the absolute living hell out of each other, where you'll see back-to-back tweets I had. Oh my God, I think Brian Danielson's actually trying to break Okada's arm. And right after that, oh my God, I think Okada's trying to blind Brian Danielson. Like they <laughs> went absolutely at each other. And I love to see that. Then you add in Will Ospreay, John Moxley, uh, and David Finley. And that led into a feud with Finley and Dolph Ziggler, who's now in New Japan. Nick Nemeth. Nick Nemeth. You, sir. I'm always going to say Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is such a cool name, and I wish he was so much better in WWE that like that name's just sticked. But yeah, it's it. they've done a really good job, I think at least in this show, of, of kind of drumming up that excitement again. And I think, again, a lot of it's going to have to do with, you know, those guys that we really love because Okada, Okada could be out the door soon. You know, Okada's even thinking about, I think he was a, a free agent or is going to be a free agent. And yeah, that's, that's, being, that's something that's going to, uh, that's in the air for 2024, I believe. Right. It is. And, you know, it could be a thing where he goes to all elite wrestling and then he gets to still do his New Japan thing. But it's, it's so up in the air. But at least for now, like Tanahashi had a match too. And Tanahashi was awesome in that match. And you got Okada. And even Naito. Naito uh, hasn't won the IWGP heavyweight belt all that much. And he got to win it in this one against Sonata. Uh, so they they really set themselves up here where they have Naito as the champion. Okada came out with this awesome match against Danielson and won it. And then also Tanahashi was in a great match. And it, it was proof that even though he's the president of this thing, he can still go. And he is still the ace. And then there's so much talent to build off of behind that. But yeah, I was I was really encouraged because it has been a while since I watched. The only thing I really didn't like was TJP came out in some stupid Mortal Kombat gimmick. Like it's not just cosplaying as it, and then he wrestles normally. He had the mask on, contact lenses, and was actively working the character during the match, like the Undertaker would back in the day. Like the he's trying Gomez, to be Scorpion or Sub Zero. What was he yeah, doing? Yeah, so, something like that. Like Scorpion. Yeah, he had a mask. It was dumb as hell like you know tjp was already insufferable just being a video game guy <laughs> now yeah. he's the insufferable i think i'm a video game character guy and it's can i curse on this podcast i mean am i allowed to sure oh he's baracker and yeah, yeah go ahead. Just do it. I, i'm just gonna let one fly because it's worth it it was fucking annoying i hated <laughs> all of what tjp had to do so it was the only thing i hated other than that, you know, they had really good tag matches, IWGP junior tag match, and the singles title was great. Uh, but it's just the, the the card picture looked very good because they still have these staples, but um, some really interesting things that they're not doing with some of the other guys. I don't know. It, it, it was certainly uh, – it was back to their roots a little bit, which I, I kind of enjoyed. Instead of doing too much with Okada and all these weird things because they were having two – title belts and then they were having one defended on one night one defended on the other it was way too much and it felt like they simplified things put it to one night had quality matches and it was a five-hour banger all night long Ooh, five so hours good lord that's a long I'm, show i'm okay with it i'm actually one who who wants the seven hour wrestlemania back oh no, I hell want, no i want one day i don't have many days to be doing like multiple days of wrestling i want one day I can it's give you all like day, one day. I, yeah, nope, can't do it because look, mm -hmm. look at me. I on Saturday for Royal Rumble, I got work on that day. When if I was, if it was Sunday, I'd be fine Sunday, and all I do is just watch WrestleMania. 
Man, I love the Saturday shows. (laughs) I'm sorry, John. I just want one. I don't need two days. I want one day of it. And but this to me was, again, why Wrestle Kingdom? It just got back to its roots. It got back to a simple show and they absolutely crushed it. It was awesome. I thought I thought it was top to bottom. Uh, Very good show. I like that was a long review of that, by the way. You know, I I like the in-ring style of New Japan. I always did. It was very sports centric. I don't. Which the, that's they felt like they got back to that in this one. Yeah, I haven't watched it in, in a while. Uh, AEW's sports centric type uh, presentation went away for a long time, and uh, I actually enjoyed the episode of Dynamite last night. A lot of women were featured. Um, the in ring was very good, and that's kind of what I loved about New Japan. Well, I, I'd watch those weekly shows on access where it'd be like yeah, you know, right. a week or two old of action or like a month old but yeah um you know i, I not subscribing to new japan world anymore that's what i would watch in, in place of that yeah new japan's so great that, that. It, it, like there's no huge story that you have to know the context of what's mm-hmm. going on you can just watch the match and it's it's a comp it's a it's and, a competition i know it's a competition yeah. between two people and, there's, and that's the story which, which makes it right beautiful. exactly like, that's what i loved and i'm not saying like wwf had the same in ring uh action when i became a fan but it was more about the psychology and the storytelling i didn't need you know like technical mat wrestling i didn't need any of that stuff to be to become a wrestling fan i needed Jake Roberts blindfolded, Rick Martel blindfolded. One of my favorite blindfolded. matches of all time. I don't care what nobody say. I love the blindfold match. Dude, like, that's not a technical masterpiece, is it? But it's one of the matches people still talk about today because love of how it. entertaining it was. And the yeah, and WWE and pulls that off. Like, yeah, they and, yeah. and that, well, that's the type of stuff that enthralled me as a kid into wrestling. We don't see that a lot anymore. We, we see bad stories. Uh, we see in-ring wrestling where people, they're more worried about hitting their spots than selling moves. And that's kind of where I'm out on that. No matter who does it, it happens in WWE, it happens in AEW. Um, I'm not sure if it happens in New Japan that often. I haven't been keeping up with that. Uh, New, New that, Japan is probably the best, the best at it, I would say. Right. Yeah, I would say in, it, it is. It, it is they sell their moves, though. Right. Their, like, uh, what was it? A few years ago, t- uh, Okada went for Rainmaker, but I think it was Omega, and it, it, he sold being so exhausted from the match. Yeah, and he just fell to his knees, and Okada missed it. It happened here. One of the coolest, that, like, little details in this yeah. one is um, Brian Danielson worked Okada's arm, uh, his right arm, the entire time, like trying to break his arm. Literally said to the camera, "I'm going to break your bleeping arm." <laughs> like it was awesome. It was so good. But at the end, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, the show of respect, went to raise his hand and he went to raise Okada's right arm and he pulled away. He said, no, no. And he made him go to the left arm. Like just small stuff like that. He yeah. saw Okada sold perfectly in that entire match too. But yeah, that's, you know, they're, it, it's, it's working a physical match. It's it strong style. I think got kind of a bad rep because it's just like, oh, they're just trying to hit each other hard and make it look real. It's not that. It's they, they are trying to sell. They're trying to sell you on on a fight. I mean, look at the ring. The ring is full of advertisements like a boxing ring. It yeah. looks like a boxing ring. They are trying to sell you a fight, a wrestling match, and I, I think that that can work now. They were trying to go too much in the other realm, like be too entertaining, be flashy, be all this, and I think once they simplify it back to what it was, you know, it – 
it gets to be a lot of fun again, and it and it carves out its really own own place in wrestling. Yeah, that's a, I've always liked New Japan because it is that sports like presentation. Like I understand, we've always said here, like you know, the matches could be great, but the crowd has to be involved. You know, you need the crowd reaction. You can't just have moves for the sake of moves. But it's not like that in wrestling in, in New Japan because everybody's trying to win, and the win matters immensely. Yes, it's not about. Yeah everything else not about just a story it's about the story is about this person wants to be the best this person wants to be this champ this person wants to overcome these odds like it takes so long for them to build like a number one contender because they right. have to win like they it is a it is a guy that has to be on the up and rising that is and he has to him. win a tournament a grueling yes. tournament or yes. just to get a tag title shot you got to win the tag league and all these different things we have to do winning is ingrained into the fabric of the promotion of the storytelling well, that's not the case all the time in American wrestling. And then you have like promotions like AEW, which sold itself as a sports-like presentation and then leaned way too far into the entertainment. And they have an identity crisis. Well, New Japan, at least now and traditionally, has never had that identity crisis. You know exactly what you're getting. You're getting a sports-like presentation, you're getting hard-hitting wrestling. You're going to get great wrestling. And they do it, they usually, typically do it better than almost anybody do that particular present style of presentation better than anybody in the world that's including wwe that's including AEW. when new japan is on they, they do it they do that style better than everybody now wwe has its style and they do that style better than everybody right now oh yeah AEW is trying to figure out where they belong <laughs> they're somewhere in a gray area there they don't know whether they want to be too much like wwe or that now they're, they did a continental classic which is pretty much the g1 uh, you know, AEW's version of New Japan's G1 Climax Tournament. So, you know, they're still figuring it out. But yeah, New Japan traditionally is the best at that sports like yeah, presentation. That's I, why I always appreciate it. I, I think AEW got too much into the you know really flashy high moves and all this crazy stuff. And WWE, we know it's it's a very can start slow and it builds up and it's like the psychology match. I feel like New Japan is the best of both worlds. And I think a great example of this, if you watch Will Ospreay, like what, seven years ago, eight, seven, seven, eight years ago, and you watch him now, back then, remember he was on Sports Nation with Ricochet because they were just doing a bunch of flips. Now he has turned into an actual wrestler. Like he bulked up. He has strikes. He works on the mat. He works, you know, he works his matchup, not just high flying everywhere. There are hard hits. He works the match, you know, from a very slow start all the way up to this great build. Like that's to me what New Japan is great at. And it's good to see a wrestler like Will Ospreay get there, but nobody does it better than Okada at this point. And I, I truly believe New Japan has the best wrestler on the planet on their roster. Kazuchika Okada to me, and won't, you know, won't get the credit until he, you know, goes somewhere else. And maybe that's why he's open to going to AEW or, you know, free agency. But Okada to me is the best, it has been the best wrestler on the planet. I've seen way too many matches in so many different styles to where he adapts to. He put on a classic with Kenny Omega. He's put on a classic with um, Sonata, Naito, Brian Danielson now. He can do it with anyone. Shibata had a really good match with him and it was just all strikes. Uh, it's that that to me having that kind of guy to to sell that presentation of a real match is so vital to have, uh, and it's really good for that roster to have moving forward as they're trying to build back up that you know that that reputation that they had before the pandemic. And I again, I feel like this is a really good start to it. All right. Well, as we transition to our next topic, before we transition, I want to give a little bit of breaking news here. Number one. 
Uh, I don't know if y'all know WWE is having their preview special on Peacock right now. And Becky Lynch and Shinsuke Nakamura have both declared for the Royal Rumble. So there you go. I do declare I'm in the Royal Rumble. (laughs) Also, Bianca Belair tweeted the, uh, I guess, I don't know if this is the first poster or not, but we get some promotional materials for Bianca and Montez Ford's reality show that's going to be on Hulu. February 2nd, called Love and WWE, which, of course, is a play off of uh, the hit movie back in the day, Love and Basketball, starring Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan, uh, which is a very toxic love story, but people love it for some reason. Uh, but uh, here we are, not Love and Basketball, Love and WWE. They should have said Love and Sports Entertainment or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we got that, and uh, I think they teased that Triple H has a big announcement regarding something. <laughs> <laughs> in this preview uh, special. Already, oh my god. Can we already... stop with Triple H and Tony? Well, Khan that was already no, no. announcements announced earlier today. Oh, it was. I missed it. What was it? It was, uh, it was oh, this is now over this preview thing. I guess it was only an hour. I I just I forgot about it, put it on, and it's over. But uh Money in the Bank is going to Toronto. So oh okay. He, oh yeah, we okay that was did hear announcement. That. Yeah, I did oh, that's lame. Sean Ross Sapp had reported that that is what they were told the uh huge announcement was going to be i see that and now i guess if nothing broke during that the last hour then that was the official announcement that was uh money in the bank weekend and that's cool they get money in the bank smackdown and heat wave whoa nxt, NXT heat, wave. heat wave let's go all right so there's that big announcement but yeah there's other announcements as well uh, but yeah, Tony Khan has done them so many times. I'm over that. Triple yeah. H, this is the first time I've I seen like, one, and it wasn't I mean, that great. You can't help but think it was like a subtle jab at it. Like no one thinks that's a big announcement. No one thought. <laughs> yeah. No one thought all in at Wembley was a big announcement when Tony's said it. They really didn't. No, overall, I don't think so. no. say overall, like it was just like, oh, okay. That's probably the I biggest one rumors, he's done. There were rumors they were they were going to go to Wembley, but uh, it was like. This is a major earth shattering announcement. And then it was just like, hey, we're going to the United hey, Kingdom. That went look, if I, I like, okay, okay. If I book the show that's in Wembley Stadium and I feel like I'm going to sell it out, I'm calling it an earth shattering announcement yeah, for but sure. Nobody, but everyone's going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It, and that's and what I'll happened. be laughing all the way to the bank, baby. Let's go. I just sold, <laughs> allegedly sold you 70 would, to 80,000 tickets. You know what happened there? CM Punk almost killed him. So. Well, that's fair. And he's in fear for his life. But like in theory, before you go in, you don't anticipate that. You don't anticipate your top star trying to beat everybody up backstage. You anticipate making a lot of money. So, but you know, things happen sometimes that you can't anticipate or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, but let's move on <laughs> to, <laughs> we'll call it a new segment. We'll call it John Jansen's movie corner. I'll be, I'll be on the corner sometimes too, because I'm, I'm big into movies now. All right. We can talk movies all the time on here if you want to, but I'm so down. Nick doesn't watch movies, so I can't talk about movies a lot very often. Well, I mean, we can. Like, I'll. Uh, I just don't have the attention span to sit there and watch a movie. You can't sit there and watch a movie for ninety minutes, John. You hear this? Yeah. I have to rewind. I go on my phone. I have to it's, rewind. I. I, I don't know why it is the only thing I can sit down. Like even when I watched New Japan, I I have my phone on me. Like I am tweeting. I am you know doing stuff while it's while it's going on. The movies are the only thing that will ever get my full attention ever. The movie we're talking about today on the debut, the premiere (laughs) of John Jansen's movie corner is of course the famous 
biopic, the Ron Eric biopic known as The Iron Claw, starring Zach Efron. And John, you've seen it. We have not. So this is going to be a spoiler-free review. Yes. Uh, emphasis on the spoiler-free, y'all. Okay. Uh, so you haven't seen it. Don't worry. Uh, John's going to take care of y'all. But John, give us your uh, initial thoughts, observations about the film, about the accuracy or the depictions of the uh, Von Eric family and how everything went down in that family. Yeah, so I, th- I think the first thing about this film is it is an A24 film. Yes. Which is like a- and they usually produce bangers yeah it's like um i had a friend describe it to me a really good friend of mine kevin fox jr does um reviews and stuff he'll do it for pace and some other websites uh he's called a24 like the indie blockbuster kind of thing at least that's that's where i first heard it from him and so it is like a it's a it can be bigger scale but it's like these smaller scale uh intimate movies and mm-hmm. so it was everybody was really shocked like oh my god wrestling got a legit movie i'm like no they didn't just get a legit movie they, they got, got the best they got the best they so got just, an actual good movie good just, movie production company behind just so everyone knows a24 is responsible for some big movies obviously like we just said yep. uh oscar winning movies everything everywhere all at once classic i've only seen it once but it's one of the best movies i've ever seen in my entire life and that's more even like the blockbuster side this was even more scaled down than that right but then you got other ones like moonlight also won oscar for best picture uh hereditary one of the best horror movies i've ever seen uh talk to me just came out last year i want to see that it looks dope it's really Uh, good uh, another great horror movie, I assume. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but also, The Witch, another great horror movie. Uh, black and white. Uh, is that black and white? I don't know. But it's about a killer goat, pretty much. Yeah, and one that's going <laughs> to be nominated. One that's going to be nominated this year, and you're going to see a lot at the Oscars. And even if you watch the Golden Globes, which I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is probably watching the Golden Globes, uh, but past lives, like you're going to see a bunch of past lives stuff. Mm. That is the kind of movie. This is this is if they would have released this movie at a better time, and we're already starting to see enough buzz that it could happen. But this is one that probably could been up for award season uh, mm, and we might okay. we might see a late late push for zach efron for okay another couple another couple movies that a24 is known for the lighthouse robert pattinson yeah. and willem dafoe uncut gems with adam sandler and midsummer which is also a great horror movie mm-hmm. pretty much taking place exclusively in daylight uh which is fun but yeah all right so with that background uh john go again continue with your review please yeah and I, I again i think it is really good to point out all of those films because it's like that it can get kind of big scale they do have money production behind it so the sets for the sportatorium uh for world-class championship wrestling fantastic the costume design the lighting you know so it it, it is it has it's an indie film that at its core uh, has its intimate setting, and you're going to get a lot of that. You're going to get a lot of family dynamics. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about the movie uh, that really kind of held it back to me is their their dad was just a one-note character. Uh, they they made him a villain and pretty much just Ooh. a big bad guy the entire time. Now, we know he isn't the greatest guy, but even uh, Kevin Von, Von Erich, I think, has come out. It's like they Hollywood that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, because I don't, I don't recall Kevin – ever really like of course like you said he wasn't maybe the best father in the world right. oh they made him out to be the worst person I've i ever don't think kevin von eric has ever like made him out to be that like an evil person he's also a person who's lost multiple children too so yeah probably dealing with a lot not no excuses but like 
I'm sure that oh, plays definitely. a part. I, I think th- I think there was a lot more nuance there that could have been had that wasn't. Yeah. So th- it's, it's one of the thing, one of the very few things. I, d- I do think it held it back a little bit, though. But the story really is, and you get all the wrestling stuff. You get you know um, amazing cinematography. The wrestling stuff is awesome. Chavo Guerrero worked with the crew, so they went through like a two, three month, I think, or it might have just been even one month. But they went through wrestling boot camp with Chavo Guerrero. The wrestling stuff's great. They look great. They took the like if you're worried as a wrestling fan about the wrestling stuff it's fine but ultimately the story is about kevin von eric surviving the von eric curse and his survival as you know we we all know what happened to the other brothers but it's how how he how he survived through it all and how he came out on the other side of it and that's mainly what the story is about so you know you get all your wrestling goodness there are some historical inaccuracies um especially a lot of Kerry Von Eric stuff is historically inaccurate. Oh, uh, and also you're you're probably because my brother did it and he watched 80s wrestling. Like he was like, why is Kerry Von Eric smaller than Kevin and all the rest? Of yeah, because Kerry was legit huge. It wasn't Kerry like he was, was big a, yeah. compared to his brothers. He was like huge. He was huge for the time too. Yes. This is the 80s. Yes, <laughs> like, very big. And and the only guy that looks like that is Zach Efron. Uh, but the the good thing about it is is that even with some of that historical inaccuracy, they do it with the best intention because I think, um, to me, Zac Efron in the lead role fit best as Kevin, and Kevin is the one who they're telling the story story through. So I think that was the right decision to let Efron do it. It's a breakthrough role. I think he he should wow. be up for a best actor nomination. Wow. I think it's the only thing that should be nominated from the movie. I don't think it should be you know. Uh, up for best film or anything, maybe costume design because they did an awesome job with all the wrestling gear and, and really were spot on with that. Mm. Um, Attack Efron's the one to me that should should be getting all that hype uh, for award season. But other than that, the wrestling stuff's great. It's a it's a nice stripped down story too. Uh, I I've, uh, for some it is going to be a classic, so I I would highly recommend it. For some it will be that you know um, back in the day a, a great American classic film. It'd be wild if Zac Efron gets nominated for like an Oscar or Golden Globe for playing Kevin Von I know, Eric. Right, right. Now the and, Golden Globes are too late. That's why they were. Yeah, so that's late happening soon, season. right? Yep. Yeah. So this this movie came out so late that that you know it was kind of a, a thought of you know we all wish that it got a little bit more time to get this mm. hype going for award season because a, a movie like Past Lies has it came out in like March or April and so it's had all this time to really ramp up this this campaign and you basically are campaigning for these awards. It was yeah. the hope that they would be able to campaign for this. I hope it's in time. I, I know there hasn't been a short list out yet for best actor. I know there have been short lists for other categories, but hopefully it's just in time for Efron to make at least the short list and have a chance. Yeah, because the Oscars are like next month, right? Something like that. Yeah, Oscars are I think Oscars are actually March. Oh, March. They're March. Yeah, I want to say they're March. They're March. Because I I've, I will never forget the night that I uh witnessed Will Smith slap Chris Rock in the face, and that was in March. <laughs> One of my last days with the Eagles, and I was sitting by my computer waiting to tweet out that Jeffrey Lurie won an Oscar for the um, Summer of Soul documentary. Like that was the award that Chris Rock or Chris Rock was going to announce <laughs> was Jeffrey Lurie's Oscar, and a person from Philly walked up on stage and slapped him across the face. So and I wasn't, and I was sitting on Twitter. I, I don't think I had it on my screen at the time, so I was looking at uh, Twitter at that point. It was called Twitter, and people were like, "Was that real?" Did, Will Smith really slapped Chris Rock, and I'm like, "What? What? Did they not announce the award? <laughs> like, I, mean, I need to tweet this out for Jerry Lurie. <laughs> He's gonna be mad hey. if we don't tweet this out." <laughs> so good. 
So that's what my Oscar memory. But uh, I do have a question for you though. Yep. Um, is this is this movie good enough to stand on its own as a movie without you know? Because obviously there's going to be some inaccuracies in the movie. That's in any movie that's about history. There's going to be inaccuracies. Is the film itself though worthy, like you said, of this award season attention? Uh, I I. I think it's worthy in some aspects for it, but this, this is, yeah, this is a standalone. This isn't good because it's a wrestling film or because of even the subject matter. It's the subject matter is, is I hate to say fascinating because it's so tragic, but it was so tragic. That story of the Von Erics, they actually had to leave a brother out because they, the director said, if there was one more tragedy in this movie, everybody was going to hate it. Yeah. Cause it's, right. you got, you, you got to remember before they became wrestlers, I think our older our Von Eric, when he was younger died yeah. tragically. Yeah. And then you have their little brother who was not like a huge wrestler, but he went He's through some the stuff. One that he they left out. So if you're okay, looking for, yeah, you're I think it was, was it Mike Von Eric. Uh, I think it was, was it, I think it was Chris. Oh, Chris Von Eric. Yes. Yeah. They had Mike in there. They did have Mike. Okay. Cause Mike, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mike was the one that got into, uh, was that a motorcycle accident or something like that? Or no, his was a shoulder surgery. It was like a, routine that's right. He had the shoulder surgery. He got motorcycle. sick after the shoulder surgery. Kara Von Eric got into the motorcycle accident, of course. Yep. Uh, but Mike Von Eric was the one who got shoulder surgery, got really, really sick after that. Right. Yes. Yeah. He wanted yes. to, I think he had like septic something. Yeah. Septic. S- yeah, um, something happened like that, and yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible stuff all around. Obviously, it but... is, and, and that's the thing. It's a it's a very tragic movie, but it, this is yeah, this stands alone of of not just being a wrestling movie. You know, you can it, awesome. obviously we can think of it as a wrestling movie. This is for wrestling. Uh, wrestling right. fans are going to really enjoy it. They have, but it's just a good movie. Race, but it is just a great, and I've I've heard it described as like a great American classic. That's that's mm. what it is, uh, and I I think that that's that speaks to the the Von Erich story. Uh, how incredible, how incredibly tragic, but how incredible the the story of Kevin Von Erich is uh, and his, again, his his survival from this this time period in, in his family. But yeah, it, it is. It's fantastic. It stands alone, not just as a great wrestling film, but uh, it was it was one of the best films of 2023 for sure. Where does this rank as far as wrestling movie, wrestling film history? Because we got some good ones like The Wrestler. The Wrestler is the one I think of all the time. But we also got some rough ones like Ready to Rumble. So like <laughs> it runs the gambit of and it, honestly there only, aren't a only lot one of, of those has been a deep dive by the straight shooters. So. Only one. Also, you got like the wrestling was a wrestling with my family with Paige. And remember that movie they did with like yeah, Keith Lee a couple one, years ago? It, it's funny that, that that actually turned out wrestling with my family turned out decent. They got luck. I don't know why or how Florence Pugh got this script and said yes to it, but she did. And she saved mm-hmm. that she was fantastic. She was obviously in, in Midsommar and awesome. uh, all the little women. She's been in so many things, but Florence Pugh's like one of the best actresses going right now. Yeah. And they somehow got her to play Paige <laughs> in this like WWE production film. Right. So that's, that, stuff. that is one that, that turned out pretty good. But in, in terms of wrestling films, I, I think of two. Um, I, there's probably some out there, maybe a classic out there that you can think of, but to me, it's, it's the wrestler has always been kind of that standard for me. It was a great film. And this one, this one stands up to it. I think this wow. one, this one's certainly up there. I haven't seen the wrestler in so many years. I feel like I should go you know back I know I loved it when I watched it. I remember liking it, but I also wasn't as knowledgeable about the industry as I am today. So it'd be interesting to watch it again with almost like fresh eyes. Cause I, don't remember a whole lot about it. I was thinking I watched it back in college. And again, another one that I'm looking forward to is watching is the Iron Claw. It just seems like it'll, it'll be a good movie. So I'm glad that um, 
we had you on here, John, to talk us about yeah, this. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I do know that this is this will not be the last, uh, or at least in the near future, the the last wrestling movie you see. I don't think it's so neither because be so many bio biopics are a big thing now. Wrestling tragedy follows wrestling like no other business. Um, and I think Hollywood is going to try and capitalize. Off. I also think it's easier to shoot wrestling from the standpoint that you don't have to replicate like a football stadium or right. 22 players on a field. Like I just watched I the Kurt Warner gave the, the gave the blueprint of it. He said he shot it instead of shooting it like a wrestling match. He shot it like a box, boxing match. He mm. made it. He wanted to make it seem like a boxing match more than wrestling, That's which dope. which works, I think, better for film. You get all the wrestling stuff. Right, it works better for film. Is Creed, I think, set the standard of how you shoot a fight, like in a movie. Like that yeah, first Creed Creed's movie was incredible yeah. with how they shot boxing. Yep. So you got that, but I think that wrestling it could be two people in a wrestling ring. You can, you know, you probably do it in a smaller, intimate environment. I think it's easier to replicate. Also, wrestling is acting, so you know you're already acting on top of acting so, yes. so you know it kind of works in that sense and I think, football, I think people people are responding very well to it uh, i think one of the yeah. good things the wrestler or not the wrestler the iron claw did too is there was kind of a scene where zach efron like has to explain wrestling to uh, a, a date that he's on and she's like you know what is it is it fake you know they did they even had that conversation uh -huh. and that might seem a little like eye roll to us but it was it was so well done and and how he explained wrestling and i again i think people are responding even the 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 way that this was going to get made again or another wrestling biopic is if people could you could get the uh, producers to realize that people it doesn't matter if it's wrestling people are just going to watch really good movies also that yeah it's got to be a good and, movie and the, that's the thing is like i think people really took to the wrestling part of it you know i don't think this is going to make anybody a wwe fan or anything no. or want to go watch an 80s von erich's match uh, but it it makes for for really entertaining cinema and movie, and I I think people took very well to that. And I, I think that's the thing about wrestling in general is that it's such a unique medium where oh, no yeah. path is really the same. You know, if you do a football movie, yeah, even the Kurt I watched a Kurt Warner movie, and it was like, oh, guys, super religious and <laughs> really a love story about him and his wife. But the football wasn't tremendous. He hates to watch. Johnson, by the way. <laughs> who hates me? Did, you did tweet at him recently. I forgot about that. Wait, who? Who? Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talking about EJ Warner. I saw that. By the way, that movie straight booty. They got the guy. Yeah. They got the Shazam guy. Terrible. Yeah, that wasn't it wasn't a great movie for one. I did appreciate them having arena football well represented in the movie, though. Of course. Uh, but the Ira Barnstormers, baby. Um, <laughs> and accurate. They lost that arena ball to the Tampa Bay Storm. They didn't make them win. <laughs> right. But my point is, is that, you know, these movies aren't always quality and the stories are the same you know he went to college he went to high school he went to college and he got to the pros the end but in wrestling it's gonna be such a winding path to yeah, right. even when you're at the top it still can be wild and stuff and there's a reason why dark side of the ring works so well because the stories are just so fascinating even though they're dark and in some ways tragic they still are fascinating even the yeah, ones that are more I, um... they're not even heavy like nobody died like they did one in the montreal screw job nobody died right. But it's still a fascinating story. Yeah. And I think I wrestling think lends itself to really that showbiz aspect, that behind the scenes aspect. That stuff is fascinating to a lot of people who don't know anything about it. We know because we're fans and we also we consume all of it. But there are people who watch the Iron Claw who had no idea who Von Erics were and they have no clue about what the wrestling business is. They just saw A24. It's like they make good movies. So I'm going to rock with them. Yeah. So maybe I, I there's, think... there could be more in the way. 
It was awesome that you brought up, by the way, Dark Side of the Ring, because I uh, listened to an interview. The director, Sean Durkin, was on The Big Picture, uh, one of the the Ringer's movie podcasts. Very good, big movie podcast. Uh, and he's, he credited Dark Side of the Ring for this movie being made. He's like, if it wasn't, or uh, not being made, but for the movie to have a little bit of, of hype going in. Because and Dark Side of the Ring for the material too. I right. think respect for the people and respect for the material. Yeah, Dark Side of the Ring basically introduced people to these, at least deeper into these kind of tragic stories in wrestling. And there was an interest there, and there was there were people that were kind of seeking that kind of story out. We have known those stories have always been there, but a deep dive into it, and it it kind of led to you know Dur Durkin. I think he did have the script before Dark Side of the Ring came out, but credit it to um, at least giving it some kind of steam like this is this is something that has been already brought to the attention of viewers television viewers it is in there in some type of media form the dark part of wrestling you know the the behind the scenes tragic part of wrestling and so it it i think dark side of the ring should get credit for i, I and will get credit i think when it starts happening of Hollywood and a bunch of uh, movies really trying to tap into all that. And Hollywood's running out of ideas, bro. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They're doing, they're doing bio biopics are the biggest, biggest movie. Uh, biopics. And they're trying to introduce AI into everything. They're running out of ideas, bro. So, yeah, wrestling, they've done football. They've done basketball. They've done baseball. They've done hockey. <laughs> they've done every sport. Might as well do some wrestling, too. Get some more wrestling stuff out there. Um. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, yeah. Th thank you for that wonderful review thank you that's John that Hansen. was my first ever like movie review in podcast form so yeah, yeah getting you getting your cisco and ebert on on here we like cisco no, and I ebert gotta, here. i gotta send this tape out you know that was good <laughs> if, I, if i say so myself good. so let's wrap thank it up you, for episode thank you we are we are appreciative as well but thank you for joining us john nick let's wrap it up for three episode 381 so please or actually let me go to john first our special guest. John, do you have anything you want to plug before we wrap it up here on episode 381? Um, no, you can just follow me at jjansen34 on Twitter or X. I'm always going to call it Twitter. That's just what it is. Uh, so follow Same. me there. Of course, all my stuff on Fox PHL Gambler. If you want more of my stupid movie reviews, I will. I, I do have a Letterboxd account. So if you have Letterboxd, follow me. Same thing, at jjansen34. Uh, but yeah, just follow me on Twitter. All my stuff is there. All right, Nick. Take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me at underscore Pacone on Twitter slash X. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on the same platform and if on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can also check out our podcast at foxphlgambler.com. Top left corner, podcast button, boom. We are listed at foxphlgambler.com. And hopefully soon, the re our wrestling roundtables, of which John Jansen is uh, a part of on Fox PHL Gambler. And uh, so we have our catalog of wrestling roundtables as well. I think we started those in 2021. So, uh, you know, you can check out the archives. Uh, we talked about the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series even. So check that out at foxphlgambler.com. And hopefully soon, in a few weeks, we got another one coming. Well, there you go. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on X slash Twitter. You can find me there. Find me out here in these streets. You can find my writing on Wrestling Junkie. WrestlingJunkie.usatoday.com is a USA Today website. I just wrote a column earlier this week about The Rock's return to Monday Night Raw and what it means. I broke down what it means for The Rock, Roman Reigns, and, of course, 
American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. You can check it out again. WrestlingJunkie.USAToday.com. Also, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio. You can request a future deep dive. And once you make your request, we shall follow through on that request. And you can make a cameo on the show where we talk about that content. And you can, you know, chat it up with us for a little bit. It, again, does not have to be a wrestling pay-per-view. It could be a wrestling movie, as we just discussed. It could be Santa Claus. It could be tag team with Roddy Piper back in the day. I didn't think I knew about that one. That's an old school one right there. Okay. Uh, it could be the Super Mario sh- Super Show with Captain Lou Albano back in the day. You remember that? <laughs> exactly. We, we Look, we're here for it. Wrestling adjacent content is welcome here on the Straight Shooters. All you got to do, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash shooters radio, put in a request, pay the nominal fee, and we will fulfill your request. But until next time, for John Jansen and Nick Pacone, thanks for listening to episode 381 of the Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. I did it for The Rock. Yeah.